Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me. And they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Well, hello there, and welcome to another Mission Unstoppable. My guest today is Lisa Dickey. She's a woman who has had many challenges thrown at her throughout her 37 years, and despite them all, she continues to face life with a positive attitude. Lisa was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy at 18. Her youngest daughter, Katie, diagnosed with a severe form of autism. And if that wasn't enough, she is now facing another challenge. Last December, Lisa had surgery to remove a brain tumor. In January 2017, doctors told her she had stage 4 cancer. I think this is a really great place to meet Lisa because I don't think that she needs to be defined by by this last event. Um, There's something certainly special about her, though, and I would like you and I to find out together. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. You know, Lisa, I've been reading a lot of uh, the things that you have written throughout the years. <laughs> and I think the the one thing that remains constant is you've got this incredible sense of humor. Like you really are funny. And I, I, I'm reading your stuff. And I'm going, I like this girl. I want, I, you know, she could be my best friend. Like, what is it about you? I mean, I think you attract people because of it. Do you? Oh, well, I think that my husband and I, when things have come up, we've just, we have the same sense of humor. So we just blunt things, bluntly say things and we just, I don't know, it just keeps us laughing and keeps things light because, I mean, as I say, you can either laugh or cry, right? Absolutely. So we choose to just laugh. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. there's, I mean, certainly you have a lot of challenges and, you know, people on this show, I like to go back and, you know, find out about your childhood and and find out who who you really are and all of the, all of that. But I just wanted Mm -hmm. to, to kind of start with, um, you know, your husband, Matt, uh, I mean, he, he seems like an amazing guy. You guys met in Bible college. Is that, do I have that right? Yes, we did. Yep. Yep. And so how old were you when you met? I was only 18, and he was 20, 22. 22. Yep. And so tell us that story, that meeting, that first meeting. Well, to be honest, he thought that I was a good girl, but a little bit silly. And I kind of <laughs> thought he was a geek. Um, he was, you know, kind of into the gaming thing, and we didn't um, we didn't really pass um, our paths across too much. But we did um, sing a duet together. And I remember, he remembers thinking, this is the kind of thing that you would look back on because you'd end up marrying that girl and you'd joke about it. And sure enough, four years later, after I stopped being silly, I guess. <laughs> um, and he stopped being a geek or did he remain like, one forever? <laughs> no, no, he's he's still a super geek, but I love that about him. <laughs> okay. So what is it about you that, that attracts, what is it about him, I should say, that attracts you to him? I don't think I had much of a choice. I I just fell in love with him. Um, Isn't he that great? Is, he's very gentle. 
Mm-hmm. And he's very patient. He's one of those finishers. So um, he's the kind of guy who would stick around and quietly finish whatever task needed to be done. Um, he never complains about the work that's put on him. And he thinks he's pretty funny, too. At first, I'm not sure I thought he was that funny. But now, as I'm getting older, I I tend to laugh a lot more at his jokes. <laughs> that's hilarious. A finisher. That That's pretty, that's interesting way to describe him. Wow. Steady in, in there. And I mean, that's, that's a big, and not a complainer. And I think that that's something that you both have in common because friends and tell me that you don't complain at all. Even in your blogs, you're not really complaining. I don't really see the purpose of complaining. It doesn't fix anything. Mm-hmm. I think we decided that we can't control what happens in our life, mm-hmm. but the one thing we can control is how we react to it. So it's it's a choice we make um, just for a better quality of life, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. That's one of the things, you know, as a coach, I talk to clients about is that you can learn to respond instead of react to things. And, and how you choose to respond is is your choice. Like you said, you can't uh, choose the things that happen to you, um, but you can definitely learn to look at them in a different way. I, I really, you know, I, 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 I described you as a superhero this morning, and, and I really do feel that way about you. I think, you know, the, the choices that you made, how young you are, the things that are, you know, happening in your family, uh, those are big things. And, and just, like, I'm just amazed at how, how you know, you're taking this. And um, as a family, you know, you're getting through this. And you've got wonderful friends and family who are helping, and I think that's, that says a lot about you. I, I noticed a post on Facebook, the you know this morning that you needed some help and like all these people, I'll help, I'll I'll be there, I'll be there for you, and that that just says so much about you as a person and how much people love you. So that's pretty that's pretty neat. We certainly do have a, a lot of friends that have stepped up and made this this last few months a completely different situation than it could have been if they had not been there to support us and keep us laughing and just showing up at the door with the casserole or something. It's been pretty awesome to see. I imagine it. I imagine for sure. Now you've um, 18, you got muscular dystrophy. How, for people who don't know what that is and how it affects you, how, how did it affect you physically? Muscular dystrophy is basically your body rejecting your muscles. So it's something that's going to uh, often hits puberty and it's something that's going to progressively take over your body. So you can't stop it. You can't cure it. Um, you can slow it down with, you know, the more active you are. Mm-hmm. Um, it slows down that down. But you, you go from, you, you know, having trouble walking to not being able to go upstairs to using a cane to using a walker to using a wheelchair. It's definitely a progressive thing that can be very consuming. And how did how about you? How did it affect you? Did you need to use a wheelchair before the surgery? Yes, I found that having children, because mm-hmm. um, we have two daughters, and after each child, I noticed a huge jump um, for the worse as far as my strength. And then oh. uh, about three years ago, I fell and broke my leg in three places, and I never quite recovered from that. Okay. Uh, but they, so, yeah. did the brakes heal, or you just weren't able to get the, the strength back? Heal. Yeah, mm-hmm. the brakes healed quite well. Um, I just couldn't get that strength back that I had lost during that time of healing and stuff, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that must have been really difficult, um, especially you have a progressive disease and and uh, you're challenged with you know with your children. And um, now Katie has has she was diagnosed with autism, and yes. I think you I read in one of the blogs you said that you know you you guys were like in disbelief. What was that like for you, and how did you notice it? Uh, I noticed as an infant that she would kind of go into herself, like she was staring mm-hmm. blankly. Um, okay. And I noticed that, you know, you go to the doctor and they do the checks for like certain ages. She mm-hmm. wasn't even saying mom or dad, and she was almost two. Oh, and okay. uh, there's no mama, no dada. So they, they sent us to have it, you know, to pursue that. and. I, I kind of figured it out fairly quickly. My husband had a hard time accepting it. It was insulting to him because he oh. didn't understand. He, like People would be like, you know, your daughter really acts autistic. And it, I think it was almost insulting because, you know, it's like, well, let a doctor tell us that. Like, let the professionals diagnose her, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was at a, a Christmas party where he noticed she was acting so different than all the other kids. And all of a sudden it hit him, you know what? They're right. There is something wrong. Um, so she went right into therapies quite early. She wasn't even three yet when she was always getting some different therapies and we were being trained and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, because when she was a baby baby, though, she seemed normal or, or not? At least the joke that she was like secretly, quietly figuring out how she was going to be able to afford an apartment by herself. Because she was, <laughs> she didn't, she didn't seem to need people like my other daughter. My other daughter was like, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. But she was chill, you know, did her own thing. And she was just easygoing. And, and you get a little older and that's not really the way that they're supposed to act anymore. They're supposed to be, you know, mama and mm-hmm curious and, you know, having some kind of interest in, in like, she never even looked at Matthew and I in our eyes at all. There was no connection as far as that. So it was, it was hard. It was very hard because she was very angry because she couldn't communicate and she would hit and yeah, yeah. So that was, that's the, that's where her frustration comes from not being able to, she can talk now or no? talk as far as I want this, ouch, Mm -hmm. I need this, but she doesn't answer questions or you can't, if you ask about her day, she'll just repeat whatever you say. Okay. So, and what about with her sister? Does, do they have a different communication or it's the same? Um, with each other? Yeah. Yeah. They, she, Julia seems to understand what Katie's saying more. They, they have like a special kind of sister bond. You know, like mm-hmm. giggling and hugging, and I want sister. Like, you know, she she calls Julia Julesy, so she's oh, like Julesy, Julesy. Yeah, really, it's fun to see. So, it's fun to so see. they have a they have a, a special bond. Sure That's um, yeah. you know, it's interesting because I've done a number of shows on autism, and um, a lot of the a lot of them had said that you know their child seems normal uh, until like two years old or something, and then boom they kind of go into themselves and that personality is gone and, and somebody else is, is there standing in their place, almost like a changeling in a way. Um, but it, it, it affects everybody differently. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you said that, that well, we're going to go to a break in a minute, 
but you talk about um, her being high needs and, and having a severe form of autism. Let's just talk about that a little bit when we come back from our break, if we can. And then um, we'll hear more about, you know, Lisa, I've got some things that I found on your blog that I want to read to you and from, from a, a couple of years ago. And we'll talk about that and more. we got lots of time. Lisa, if you want to give us a call, 903-787-5887, you can give us a shout. And if you have questions for Lisa, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. And you're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. Don't stop. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's Marching Did you ever wonder how reindeer survive the severe cold? Well, they snuzzle around for some moss to eat. Moss contains a special chemical that helps keep their body fluids warm. And they're going to have to keep warm if they're going to pull Santa's sleigh every year. Santa's sleigh was originally called a wing doodle. Both male and female reindeer grow antlers, but male reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter. I can't help but wonder why Santa's reindeer from Rudolph to Blitzen had male names. Since they had antlers, they would have had to be female. We women should have known only females would be able to drag a hefty man outfitted in a red velvet suit, originally called a poopin' daddy, all around the world in one night and not get lost. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's marching in the small town of Southport, Colorado, there is only one garage where you can bring your car for service. This lubritorium is aptly named the only garage. The Wall Street Journal recently reported some other unique business names. There's a laundromat called the Found Sock. One hairdresser named her styling salon, Curl Up and Die. A pub owner named his business, the Deja Brew. And there's a wine store called Planet of the Grapes. What's the word for people who hop from one bar to another? Poppinators. Kudos to the owner of a doggy boutique who chose to name it Indiana Bones Temple of Groom. And my personal favorite, a flower shop called Florist Gump. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. It's Mission Unstoppable. My guest today is Lisa Dickey. She's here with us, and we are so glad that she is. Lisa, before we went on to break, we were talking about your daughter and with her form of autism. And, of course, you with your muscular dystrophy being in a wheelchair must have been difficult to look after a high-needs child. And uh, you said her language skills aren't, you know, fully formed. Uh, but she gets herself understood. How, how difficult was it for you uh, being – does she go to school every day? Is she, she does. She goes. Okay, great. So how how difficult was it for you being in a wheelchair looking after her? Uh, it was it was quite an adventure. There were days when I was just like I mean, you love your kids to death. Uh, but I remember going to like a park and she was so curious about some construction and she started running right into the construction oh, with geez. like swinging like like tractors and just and I'm like screaming at her to stop, but she wouldn't because she she doesn't listen to 
language. Yeah. And I'm like screaming and I can't run after her. And I just, um, fortunately, a friend heard. She ran and scooped her up just before she went into the into the job site. And I'm like, oh, I am so not getting Mother of the Year Award. But <laughs> it was just times like that when I'm like, oh, how am I supposed to do this, you know? Yeah. But it just seemed like every time that it felt like that, something new would, somebody would come or there would be, Something would happen that was like, oh, you know, like last minute, like you just saved this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Especially when she I wants like to her. be active all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be so scary. Absolutely. And even, you know, parents who can run, <laughs> it's still scary. Yes. Right? <laughs> doesn't matter. Yes. You know, kids who, who don't listen. I have a dog like that. He doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it's pretty crazy. You um I mentioned at the beginning of the show that you know life has certainly taken a big turn for you uh and your family really you know in the last little bit um since December since the brain tumor. Tell us about when you ha- first were diagnosed with that. What what thoughts did you have? Well, to be honest, I didn't know that I had a brain tumor. Um I was just kind of slipping out of consciousness, oh. and I was so sick. So I'd wake up, and there'd be, like, a stranger here, and I'm thinking, why are they here? And I, I know now that my husband was too afraid to leave me home alone. And so I went, oh. and, and I went so to the So there were, there were really like, people in your house? You just didn't mm-hmm. know who they were? Oh, okay. No, they were, my, they were my friends. Friends and family were showing up to help with the kids, and I'm like, well, that's odd. I never asked them, you know, like, okay, cool. I'm lying in bed looking out, you know, my door kind of switching my words around, like calling things. My husband said I asked for my toothbrush, but I called it a a shower curtain, like just not making any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to the Emerge and they, they did a CAT scan and within the hour we were put into a a room and, and he, the doctor just stood at the door and said, you know, you have a brain tumor. I can't help you. Like you got to go right to Hamilton. So I didn't react at all. I didn't, care I was so gone yeah uh, my husband my husband cared I, apparently he sat yeah. right in front of me and called everyone we know um, I have no memory at all of that at all um, so I'm kind of in a way glad because I didn't have to worry about the surgery yeah no kidding I think I would have been panicked you know like what I have a five centimeter tumor in my brain you know I didn't have time to to even worry about, about that. that. Yeah, think about what was going to happen. So yeah. you had you had the surgery. I mean, you so you had the surgery, and how long was that? Do you remember, do you know or how long do you remember waking up from it? I do. I remember thinking people were yelling at me, and that I had been lost. Um, I was yelling at the doctors for putting me in the wrong spot because apparently I didn't know what was going on. Um, oh my goodness. But I, I guess I was talking like as soon as the anesthetic wore off, I was talking and I was conscious and I, I did very well considering it was five centimeters taken out from my head. Yeah, no kidding. How is your head? Yeah. Uh, it's a nasty scar across the front of it. <laughs> it's it's pretty big scar and, and having lost my hair now from chemo, it's pretty noticeable. But I wear hats and... My kids are slowly getting used to it. Like they you, you mentioned quite... in your in your blog, um, yeah, you're going for chemo. And how many how many treatments have you had now? Um, nine. Nine. Wow. Nine. And how how yeah. are you feeling? 
Um, it seems to get worse as it's gone by. Okay. Um, the nausea, the nausea kind of sucks, but it's more the, you know, strong desire to want to sleep all the time. Okay. <laughs> have, have to have naps a lot and, and just so tired so easily and so fast, just a couple hours at a time kind of thing. But I, apparently I'm handling it well. Um, I'm going to take a little break from it this week. I was supposed to be going in, but my blood cells and stuff were too low from the last one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a little break, which is kind of kind of nice. Um, yeah. You wrote you wrote in your blog. It was kind of funny. You wrote in your blog that um, your doctor told you that you were a special case, and so in your head you thought that uh, you, you're so unique that maybe your hair won't fall out. <laughs> <laughs> Like like other people, you had magical hair that could withstand the the uh, could withstand it, but instead you have boring regular hair. <laughs> Apparently, I do. I guess it was like you know the secret desires of women that you know you won't lose your hair, but it's yeah. just regular. Yeah, but you did. It all came out. And so yeah. you woke up after two weeks with with clumps of hair falling out, uh-huh. uh, and 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 so. Your husband started to cut your hair. <laughs> yes. He kind of butchered it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I and look so like a beetle. Then you asked, you said you look like one of the Beatles. Um, and then your dad came. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter tried to straighten out what my husband did. Mm-hmm. It was pretty bad. Um, so I just wore a hat for that weekend. <laughs> Nobody could see. And then my dad came. A few days later, with razor, and because it really—it's actually quite painful to lose your hair. I didn't really? know that, but it was actually. So like did your hair painful. hurt? Like I've had my hair hurt. I've been—you know—sometimes I get a flu, and it's like your hair hurts. Like even your hair yes. really hurts. Is that what it feels yes. like? Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, wow. your hair and your scalp like burns. Um, as soon as he shaved it all off, the pain disappeared. Oh. But I could not. Every time he turned that razor on, I would scream, and he's like, okay, <laughs> you got to calm down. So he just started shaving it because apparently I was just going to keep screaming every time it went on. Yeah. And yeah. and so you were wearing a scarf, and you, uh-huh. you really didn't want to look at yourself in the mirror, which is understandable. No, uh-huh. You're a pretty girl, and you had beautiful long hair, and now you have to go look in, in, the, in a mirror. And know that you have not, you know, you're bald. That's, you know, not how we like to think of ourselves. No. So, yeah, but you said, you know, you, you said, when did Shrek get in your house? <laughs> it's true. Once in a while, I catch my my reflection. And I'm thinking, what? Where'd Shrek come from? I'm just not used to the bald head. Still, I look, I, I catch a glimpse, and I'm like, whoa. Don't know who that girl is, but apparently, it's me. And your daughter was like, uh, put your hat on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, hat on, hat on, that's what she would say, hat on. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, these are things that, you know, especially for women are very difficult. We, um, you know, there are certain parts of our, ourselves that we love, and especially sometimes hair is, is one of them that, you know, we define ourselves with it, and that's the thing that makes us beautiful. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it was your husband that said you're beautiful inside and doesn't matter, which, you know, he's he wins Husband of the Year Award, I think. 
he does. Oh. <laughs> he tells me he tells me that his eyes are my mirror, and so oh. whenever I want to look at how I how I look, I look. At, I'm supposed to look into his eyes to see how I look instead of a real mirror, which I think is really sweet. That is super sweet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, he, he gets an award and he gets something else. I'm not sure, but it should be something else. <laughs> um, you So you had the brain surgery and then two weeks later you had, you know, the awful news that you had stage four cancer. Yeah. yeah. That's a we, devastating um, diagnosis, obviously. Uh, what, what, how did you guys handle that, that first, you know, bit of news? Hmm. The first time that, well, we went to get the results from the brain tumor, mm-hmm. we had been told that it was, it was fine. It was just a cyst. It came out. So we went to this doctor and this, this guy comes in. He wasn't even a doctor. He just, he just comes in and he's like, starts talking about my cancer. And I said, excuse me? And he's like, you haven't been told? And I'm like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so he was like, kind of started Backpedaling a bit. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh no, I totally just blew this, right? Oh so, my gosh. Because like, you're just yeah, like a relief. Like, oh, fine. I had a tumor. It's gone. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, oh, I thought I was going to pass out. I had, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever received news like that before where you have such a biological response to it. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to fall on the floor and I thought I was going to start vomiting. But <laughs> my husband just put his arm around me and we just kind of, Try to breathe because we weren't expecting that, and we we told our family right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a few weeks later, we went to our actual oncologist, and and I I guess I didn't know enough about cancer to realize that when something's broken off, you know, it's stage four. Um, and so he told me it was stage four, and you know, like he can't really do too much. He can't mm-hmm. get, he can't get rid of it, you know, and. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I were like, "What? Like, can it be any? Can it get any worse? Like, yeah, um, yeah." So we we cried together in the doctor's office, and and we just decided, you know what? Right then and there, that we were going to love each other for the rest of our days together, mm-hmm. and that we were not going to we were going to find joy in each day because. I mean, nobody knows how many days they have, but when sure. you're faced with that, you know, head on, you you really start to think about your day and what you can enjoy that day and what you're going to do that day. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if you want to, to matter more, but it's too hard to live every day scared. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can totally understand that. And, you know, we're going to go to another commercial break. And, and okay. when we come back, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and all things Lisa, because I think you're just absolutely incredible. <laughs> and I'm so sorry for the way that you were told, because that's just awful. Um, I can totally understand how you would have a physical reaction to that. Folks, don't go anywhere. Stick around. Uh, we will be right back. Lisa Dickey's coming back with me. And you are listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio to One Unstoppable Woman. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. 
Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author, and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Toginet Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Preparing your lunch at home and bringing it to school or work is usually a much healthier alternative than going out or ordering hot lunch. Weight Watchers offers some pointers to make preparing lunches a more pleasant experience and not a chore. Prep your foods on the weekends by cutting up veggies and putting them in Ziploc bags in the fridge. Multitask during meal preparation when making dinner at night Prepare lunches for tomorrow at the same time and keep them in the refrigerator until morning. Have the kids help you put the lunches together. They can assist you and the job will be smoother. Make healthy lunches at home a priority and assure that you and your children are eating healthy, low-calorie meals. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. And it's Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. You are listening to us, and Lisa Dickey is my guest today, and what a wonderful guest she is. Lisa, before we went on to break, we were talking about, you know, uh, how important it's been become for you and Matt to uh, live each, each day that you have with one another as the best kind of day that you can. How, how do you structure your day? How do you prioritize it? Well, I think the squeakiest wheel gets the first first bit of attention. Okay. Um, so usually my husband gets up with our, our daughter, Katie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sleep well, so usually she's up and she's screaming about something. Um, so we're, we're usually up with, with her first. And then it's just kind of getting the kids off to school. We, most appointments and things are, are during the, the school day, which has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then most days we're headed to the hospital for one thing or another. A lot of time... In in Hamilton and in Cambridge, both the hospitals. And by the time we're home, I'm I'm pooped. Yeah. Um, and the kids come home and they have their stories to tell of the day. Well, Katie doesn't. She she just wants to go off and be by herself. But you know, we have stories of the day, and then I try to perk up a little bit so I can spend some time, some quality time with the kids before they're they're headed to bed. Yeah. 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 So. Let me ask you something, because I'm sure a lot of people are thinking this or wanting to know. Would you, you know, we, we, we're all born dying, right? But would yeah. you would you rather know that you are going to go or not know? I mean, if you were feeling a little bit better, even, you know, would yeah. you, do you think it's better to not know or to know and be able to, you know, make each, while we should make each day count, we don't. So what are, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, that is such a good question. We've asked the question to each other a lot. And mm-hmm. my husband 
is um, the kind of guy who'd want to know. Mm-hmm. And I think that I don't want to know. And mm-hmm. the reason is because if I was given a timeline, I think mm-hmm. I'd follow it. I think that if the doctor said you have you know six months to live, I would follow that and in some way think that that's really what it was. And that's it for you? But, like you think that, that what he said is, is gospel and so that's all you have? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I've, I've had nurses say, you know, we're never right. You know, like... It's mm-hmm. never right what the doctor says. And so I think that I, you know, even my muscular doctor, he never gave me a prognosis. He always said, fight hard, work hard, work hard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because of that, I surpassed what I should have been able to do. And I, I guess I feel the same way about this cancer. You know, you can't right. live, you can't, you know, live with your head in the sand. I understand the reality of what's happening, but I don't think that I want to know the day. No. Um, no, no. But but in in just even knowing that it's that it's imminent, you know, I mean, every day is imminent for all of us. Really, you could get in a car crash uh-huh. or whatever. But but you know, you really do know that it's imminent. And so, you know, does it? You said that it makes each day a little bit sweeter, and each day, you know, you want to love each other more and and be there for for each other. But is like your bucket list? I mean, it certainly put your timelines, you know, faster yes. maybe. Um, yes. And hopefully while you can, and if you feel good, you can do some of those things that, you know, you thought about doing because you're still, you know, a young woman. What what was on that list for the two of you? Um, or we the four of you? A, well, we definitely have a bucket list. Um, the main one, um, we wanted to, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. But okay. the doctor said I can't, I can't travel. So we came up with plan B and we're going to have a, a luau. Oh, fun. Yeah, we're going to invite all our loved ones, and we're going to actually renew our vows. Um, just a special time, you know, I'm letting my, my oldest daughter, Julia, plan most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, gives her something special to look forward to. Definitely that. Um, we were talking last night about how I think one of the main things for our bucket list is just making memories mm-hmm. um, for our kids. I mean, they're they're pretty young. They're, they're 8 and 10, and I, I want them to remember like actual things we did, not just, you know, mommy was sleeping all the time and sure. just trying, trying to make simple things seem special. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to. Now you can't travel now or you can't travel ever. Um, it didn't sound like I would be traveling in the near future. Um, okay. he said it would be a great, it would be a great risk. Um, and you can't Does... really get insurance either. Oh, okay. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that does sound like a lot of fun, though, to do a luau. Um, what else was on your bucket list? Hmm, my bucket list. The the the, the Lisa bucket list, you know. The Lisa, Lisa bucket list. Yeah. I I wish with my whole heart I could take a helicopter over New York City. Oh. Um, that's one of my other biggest dreams that I've had. Um, of course, drawn carriage ride. Um, I guess I'm a bit of a romantic. <laughs> this is yeah. the kind of things that I would do. Um, I'd like to get away with my husband. I mean, even if it's just in, you know a city over, I'd love to get away with um, with Matthew and just have a few nights in you know mm-hmm. a different place. That would be really special. Yeah, I think um, I've written a couple of books. It would be pretty cool to to write another book or. One day have it published or something like that. Those are 
those are kind of my bucket list things. Did you publish your books? No, 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 no. Why? I kind of write. Lisa? Ben, do I still have Lisa? For, for autism, so I would more share my writing with, for that purpose. Mm-hmm. But I think one day I'd like to actually publish publish something I've written. Well, I can certainly help you with that. Mm, cool. Yeah, do it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I love that. Awesome. Um, I wanted to... I wanted to read something. It's kind of, I think it's kind of prophetic in a way. This, 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 is, this is Lisa. Why oh, I say she's funny. She is funny. Um, this is from 2014. You, you wrote, I'm constantly searching for meaning. It seems to allow some sort of order to the chaos that often surrounds me, to find a reason for something that doesn't make sense. I might be going out on a limb here, but bad things seem to be inevitable. Happenings without reason or answer, the stuff that causes us to ask why. I do this with the biggest things down to the smallest things. I don't know how many times I have lowered my head and said to my husband after ruining a meal, why do bad things happen to good chicken? (laughs) You are so funny. I, I, I haven't read that since I wrote that in 2014, <laughs> you said? Yeah, no. 2014, you wrote that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yep, you also thing. wrote something else. What was it? Um, where was that? I, I wish I could remember where it was because I thought that was like, that was, oh, I remember what it was. You, um, you had, uh, hang on, let me see if I can find it here. This was it. You were talking about, um, you, again, you're, you know, you're looking, you're thinking about what's the meaning and the purpose of life on this interesting little planet. This is also, I think, back in 2014. Uh, right now, I can't see it clearly. I'm in a conundrum. In one ear, I hear Ernest Hemingway whispering right hard and clear about what hurts. And in the other ear, I hear the Beatles singing, whisper words of wisdom, let it be. If I could just get the left side of my brain and the right side of my brain on the same team. And then you wrote, I challenge you today to listen to the song, Let It Be. Not for any particular reason. I just don't want to be the only one with that song stuck in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I remember it being stuck in my head, yes. (laughs) You know? So you often think about, you know, this isn't the first time you're thinking about the meaning and the purpose of life. So what do you think the meaning and purpose of life is? You know, before you answer that, uh, you know, I've seen it on on your wall and people write all the time about how God doesn't give us things that, you know, we can't handle. Um, But I'm not really too sure about that. And, you know, if I was to philosophically look at the life of Lisa and all the challenges that you've been given, I mean, I would I would say that they're not for you. They're for other people. Lisa? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Something happened there. It was a bit weird. Um, So what do you think about that? About God giving us more than we can handle? 
God giving us more than we can handle, but the fact that maybe the things that you're getting aren't for you, they're for other people. Uh, you know, you know, I think that things are going to happen to people, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. I think that regardless, bad things are going to happen around us, and we can't really control that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's for us or for other people or for God, what what the reason is. I just know that it does happen, and I don't really blame anybody for for that. I don't find the purpose in blaming blaming God or blaming the circumstances or blaming whatever about bad things happening. I think that good can come from bad, and when you say it's for other people, I can't I can't even I can't believe how many people have stepped into our lives over the past few months mm-hmm. and the relationships that have formed um how true I see my relationship with my husband is you see differently and you see clearly and I I think that it, it's mutual it goes both ways for the people that are going through it with you or just hearing about it and what you receive from them and what you receive from each other right. um and that's what I mean. Like the touching isn't just for you. It's for other people to learn things absolutely. from as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a caller. Margaret's on air with us. Hi, Margaret. Oh. Hi. Hi. It's nice to listen to both my friends here, Lisa and Frankie. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, you're doing great, Lisa. And um, I just wanted, first of all, to say how much you have touched my life. Um, you've been an inspiration to me. And I, I think we laugh a lot, even though our sense of humors are very different. <laughs> I want you to <laughs> yes. know that Lisa never laughs at my jokes. When you have to explain a joke to somebody, it's lost. Yes. It's lost. <laughs> it's uh, fun. <laughs> but her dad laughs at my jokes. And okay. actually, well, her dad and I are more the same age. And I just wanted to say that Lisa and I, although Lisa is young enough to be my daughter, we are at the same level heart-wise, like we connected so fast. Margaret, and I'm going to stop you just for one moment. I'm going to ask you to stay on because we've got 30 yeah. seconds to our break. Okay. And we're going to go to one more commercial break, and that's the last break that we have. But we definitely want to hear from you and what okay. you have to say. So okay. thank you for calling in, and and um, we are going to be back in, like I said, just uh, about, I guess we've got seven seconds to break. Thanks. Okay. Okay, everybody. So stay tuned. Stay close. One last break here, one last time to hear from Lisa, and now Margaret. That's right, don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. 
This is the TokiNet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. It's Marching Network. Have you ever found yourself on an airplane seated next to a nonstop talker that you really don't have anything at all in common with? When I fly, I usually want to catch up on my reading and not have to listen to an explaterator. It's even worse if they're a philodox. That's a person who just loves their own opinion. Well, now a Facebook app lets you choose your own seatmate before you fly. According to an article in USA Today, social media startups are bringing together compatible flyers before they take their seats. That's good news for people lovers, otherwise known as philodemics. A number of apps such as Plainly and Satisfly are helping travelers meet not only online, but in person. Think the Match.com of travel. I love flying and have been to almost as many places as my luggage. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. It's Mission Unstoppable Radio. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. Lisa Dickey's here, and now Margaret's here, too. Margaret, you called in. Thank you. You were talking about um, Lisa's humor, which isn't doesn't match yours, but her father's does. Yes. <laughs> it's a sure sign of what uh, decade we were born in, I think. Lisa's got a very dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do laugh of, over lots of things, but... Um, my jokes don't seem to be funny. But you did manage to befriend, you know, a girl like half your age, and, and you guys are friends, and that's beautiful. It really is. And, and so what was it that really attracted you to Lisa? Um, her spirit of uh, curiosity and excitement. When you see her with her kids, she is just unbelievable with her kids. <laughs> and that really inspires me. And I met oh. Lisa before she got with uh, Mm -hmm. the cancer. We just became really good friends just over a year ago. She's a writer, and I like to write as well. And Mm -hmm. we connected over that. And then um, I just retired recently, so I was able to spend a little bit of time. We went out shopping together, and uh, that was fun. And uh, then we just just started to get together more and more often. And um, although she's my daughter's age, she's not a friend like a daughter. She's she's just mm-hmm. a, a real soul sister. And that's nice. kind of funny because the other day Katie was holding my arm. Katie loves to look at arms. And she said, soul sister. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, so we, 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 we really laughed over that. But my question for Lisa is, I, I know what anxiety and depression can be like. And I haven't been faced with half the things that Lisa has. But... Lisa, you never seem to wallow in in any bad mood for long. And what's your secret for bouncing out quicker? Because I've seen you be faced with the biggest things. We've spent times together where I've been with you and Matt when big big news has come. And you're amazing. It's the Energizer Bunny, but in a spirit way. You You jump back. And so I just, my question is, what is it that turns you from that negative situation to a positive outlook and a joyful one. Oh, uh, not to lessen the sad times because they certainly have been times we've gone together um, and we wish this wasn't happening and we, we do ask, you know, why. But I think that 
we bounce back out because we have hope. Um, hope's kind of the key word for our family. Mm-hmm. We, um, no matter how bad things are going to get, I have hope for the future. Um, and like I was talking before about, um, when she was, um, we were talking about um, being a loser and stuff, mm-hmm. and how you know you feel like a loser when you wake up and you've lost your hair, you've lost your wallet, you forget you even have kids and stuff, and how how you it's so easy to to get that negative loser kind of sure. feeling. Um, but um, I lost a childhood friend a few years ago to to brain tumors, and she had a philosophy that. You know, it's something that I, I look up to and aspire to. And she said, she wins. And you'd wonder, how do you win when you're, you know, dying? And and she said, either, you know, I'm going to be healed or I'm going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's how she looked at it, that no matter what happened to her, her body, she was going to win. And so that's kind of how my husband and I have, have kind of trudged forward in that, you know, we are winners when, you know, even if I feel sick, I'm still a winner. When I see the relationships being formed, I'm, I'm a winner. When mm-hmm. people are, are, you know, are speaking into our lives and just you see the good things around you, you, you are a winner. And and I'm I'm kind of carrying that same thing. Either God's going to heal me or I'm going to go to heaven. Um, and I think, plus it's just too hard to be depressed. Um, I, I'm... I like to be doing things all the time. So mm-hmm. I think that sometimes just forcing myself to, okay, this is it. Get up, do something, you know, call a friend, do a craft, do something to push yourself out of that. And, I mean, it's not always easy. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes from, you know, friends, doctors, even medication, sometimes people need help doing that kind of thing. But yeah, just taking a step, one small step in the right direction can – make a huge difference. Oh, that's awesome. And that's I know that. Help so I, many people. Yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. It, it really, we don't have a whole lot of time. So I, I want to ask, um, I want to ask you, Lisa, uh, I mean, it was beautiful that your daughter, that your daughter, Julia wanted to cut off her hair to, you know, symbolically, uh, yeah. align with mom. And, and instead she, she dyed her, the locks of her hair, uh, blue for what the, I guess a special kind of cancer that you have. But, yeah. um, what is it that you would, want to leave her with about you what would you like her to know about you when my mom passed on you know I had so many questions all of a sudden for her that you know I go oh my god I'll never find the answer to that now but is there one thing that you want to make sure that she knows about you maybe she's too young to even know it now but um I would want her to know and I would hope that she's seen it too is that you never give up Mm-hmm. Never, never give up and never take the the victim card no matter what's thrown at you because you're strong and you can be strong and you can grow despite if something, if someone says, oh, I feel sorry for you or oh, I pity you, you can still be a strong woman. And I hope that I've been able to be a strong woman and that she would see that and I would hope, I would hope that she would carry that with her. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That I, I love that. And you definitely have, have shown to be a strong woman and that victim card too many play into that. And it's, it's not an, you know, it's a waste of time and energy to be a victim 
just so so wasteful. Um, Margaret has has Margaret has organized a benefit for you. It's coming up April seventh, Friday, April seventh at uh, I believe it's at yeah. seven o'clock in Cambridge, and um, you know, dear friends of mine will be playing there, um, and Danny Brooks and and his wife Debbie. And they're just awesome. They're you know they they play the blues and they're just phenomenal. But if you are in Ontario and you do want to come out and hear some great music and uh, join us all for some cake and coffee, I think um, that would be great. Margaret, where's it at? Cambridge Community Church. It's on 73 Pollock Avenue in Cambridge, and um, uh, the website is the poster which. My friend Frankie here designed beautifully is uh, on Frankie's uh, Facebook and mine. And if there's another way we can let people know, I'm sure Frankie will figure it out. I just oh, they, the well, they're going to buy tickets from you, right? So you can just yeah, give them your my, email. my uh, phone number or my uh, emails on the on the website. So we'd love to have anyone come. It's going to be a great night and lots of fun. Yeah, sounds yeah. like fun. Absolutely. I, I know that you've been inspired by Lisa Margaret and okay. I've been inspired by, you know, you and, and more so even just reading your blog, Lisa. And I think people um, give out the, the address, the URL for your blog, because I think the more people can read and know you, the more they're just going to love you and they'll buy your book. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Awesome. Um, I have a couple of blogs, so I'm not sure. Well, let's do the Lisa and Matthew one. Uh, we have um, as Lisa and Matthew Sojourn at blogspot.com. Well, .ca, or does it matter? It doesn't really matter. I don't think I've okay. done both. And I, what's the other one? I don't even remember what the other one is. I don't think I've written it since 2014. Oh, okay. I'm uh, sitting here thinking I didn't know you had another one, but that's before I met you. I think it's on your Facebook page, actually. Let me see real quick. I've got a minute if I can load it real fast. I might yeah. be able to find Lisa, it. Lisa and Matthew at uh, Matthew Sojourn it is wonderful. That's, that's, that's the one, the current one I have right now. That's the recent one. I like the uh, title of the first blog you did. So I hear I missed Christmas because Christmas was a blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you. Um, there was one point when you, when you woke up and it really, I guess it it scared your husband because they asked you what your pain was like, and you said it was like a triangle? Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it, but I hear my words were pretty mixed up. Yeah. Your your other pain. one was hopefuljourneyof4.blogspot.com. Yes. yes, that's right. Hopefuljourneyof4. Or Matthew. We said Matthew Sojourn. Yeah. Dot com or dot ca, whichever you want to go to. She is a fantastic writer, folks. I can tell you that. I was so impressed with it. Um, I said, oh, I got to have her on the show. Even more so, it, it was your writing and and your personality that comes through that writing that I thought, oh, she is she's just hilarious. And you are looking, you are my hero. You are looking um, at you know life in just the most beautiful way. And you certainly are a role model for your daughters. You're a role model for women. You're a role model for men and women who are facing challenging times and want to know how to do that with grace. That is certainly you. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Margaret, do you have anything that you'd like to to add? Um, Just that it's been such a privilege to get to know Lisa and her family. Um, 
Jim and Matthew get along great. Matthew would get along with anybody. He is just the biggest, sweetest teddy bear. <laughs> he is the perfect husband for uh, a wife who needs physical help as well as uh, to match him intellectually. And he's the perfect dad for uh, a little girl who has got issues. He's patience personified. <laughs> nice. And, um, yeah, and they're a beautiful, beautiful family. And, um, yeah, so Lisa and I have enjoyed our friendship and still will for as long as possible. And uh, Matt and Jim and the, the girls, are they've all become really special to us. So. Lisa, I wish you, you know, I wish you a Hail Mary. I really do. And I hope that, that you get way more time than you even think you're going to have. And, and I really, you know, encourage everyone to pray for that for you. And so that you have, you know, more wonderful days ahead, Be- better ones than bad ones and the ones that you can enjoy with your family and the, okay. making those memories that you want to make. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you both for, for joining me today. It's been really wonderful. You have been listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio, and I'm just, um, I'm in awe of you, Lisa. I really am. And, uh, you know, well, I told you folks she'd be inspiring. And, and, and you know, Lisa said to me that she doesn't know what's going to happen in the future, but she knows it's not going to be boring. <laughs> and I just think that's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, We're going to go out on that. girl in every sense. <laughs> It was great talking to both of you. I'll I'll hang up now, but uh, thank you for including me in the show. That's great. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Lisa, for being my guest today. And, Ben, thanks for producing the show. Everyone, you take care, and we'll see you next week. When the chips were down, they didn't stop. Stories of people who, when the odds were against them, turned defeat into victory. You've been listening to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. See you next time, and always remember... Don't, 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 don't stop.